Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, the 8th of August, 2020. I had the privilege this week of speaking for four nights at Ignite, our summer youth camp, speaking on the topics of heaven and hell. And it's so valuable to get that time together with a group. And it wasn't as good as we would have liked it to be this year with COVID and different things going on. But I am so thankful that we were still able to gather five nights in a row to dig into God's word together with that group. And you think about retreats, and hopefully we'll be back to doing retreats like we're used to doing retreats soon, where we go away somewhere. And even one thing I really loved about the location for our youth camp last summer was the lack of cell phone service. It was wonderful being away from distractions and especially having these young men and women away from the distractions of technology with their only option to be with one another and to be invested in these relationships, invested in this time in God's word. It's one of the reasons why in our culture, in our society, we do retreats so we can get away from the distractions and spend time really focused on the Lord and really focused on fellowship. But all those retreats end at some point and we come back home and we get back into the busyness of the real world. Is there a balance to be had somewhere in there? Is there some way to fight for the ideal of a focus on the Lord in the midst of a real world where things are busy and life can get hectic? I think we're going to learn something about that today as we dig into God's word together on revival from the Bible. And our first passage today is Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. So a very short passage in the gospel of Luke today, but for many of you, I trust a familiar passage. It's the story of Martha and Mary. And we know that Martha and Mary, uh, they are the sisters of Lazarus. And they seem, there seems to be a real friendship between Jesus and this family. And Jesus comes to visit and Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to him teach. But then in verse 40, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so there we see Mary, this picture of sitting at Jesus's feet. And then we see Martha distracted and working really hard and getting really frustrated that her sister is slacking off sitting there at the feet of Jesus while Martha is doing all the work. And this is a passage where I think we feel that conflict between what we would think of as ideal and the real world, where I think we would all say, yes, I would love to be Mary, but we feel pulled every day towards being Martha because the reality is there's just stuff that has to get done every day. 
You probably have loads of laundry right now that need to be folded and put away. There's dishes in the sink that need to be washed. If you're a parent, your kids probably right now while you're listening to this podcast are somehow trying to get your attention. There are so many things that need to be done. And I'm concerned that we might write off this passage of scripture and say, that sounds nice, but yeah, I'm, I'm living in a Martha world. And so I can't be a Mary. Well, then I think we're missing the point of this passage. And we need to realize that time spent with Christ, listening to him teaching, right? And I think I, right now he is not here physically with us, but I think spending time in his word, spending time in prayer with him, prioritizing spiritual things in our lives. We need to realize and feel the weight of what Jesus says there in verse 42 when he says, but one thing is necessary. That is the most important thing. We cannot neglect it and we cannot use other things as an excuse for neglecting time with Christ, time sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now you might think, well, I can't do that all day. Well, that's true. You, might, you, you can't do that all day, but are you doing it? And even notice some of the words that Jesus uses uh, as he corrects Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And earlier it says that she was distracted with much serving. So it was not just that Martha was busy. It, it wasn't Jesus's actions don't even just comment or Jesus's words don't just comment on Martha's actions that she was serving and and doing all these things. He comments on her heart that she is anxious and troubled about many things. So there are many things on your to do list today. I am sure there's many things on my to do list today. But the problem is when we ignore time with God Not just so we can do things, but even because we are anxious, troubled, and distracted by other things, that's when we have a problem. And I think actually if we start with spending time at the feet of Jesus, we'll find ourselves even more productive in the things that we need to do, which might even be good things, serving other people, but we will do it with less anxiety and less trouble because we have spent time at the feet of Jesus. One thing is necessary. Are you going to choose the good portion? And if you're listening to this podcast, I would even just challenge you. Are you spending quality time in the word and in prayer? If all you're doing is listening to me jabber at you for 15 minutes, I would encourage you, hey, spend more time reading the word for yourself. Spend time praying and pouring out your heart to God. You can listen to me at double speed. You'll be done in seven minutes. Spend more time than that, just you and Jesus. And my goal is that this time even will be something that helps make that time even better. But don't neglect that time. One thing is necessary. And I think that connects well, actually, with our passage in Colossians today, Colossians chapter two, where we today we look at verses one through 15. And it makes me think of this passage right in the middle of that, starting in verse six, that says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. 
that we never get past Jesus Christ as we grow in Christianity. No, we're always walking in him and we're rooted and built up in him, in Christ Jesus, who it says earlier in verse two, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Sorry, that's verse three. In Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We need that time listening to Jesus, listening to his wisdom, so that, verse four, no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Or verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. That's another thing. Not only are we busy every day, but we're also bombarded by so many ideas, so many thoughts, so many messages. When we need to be able to sift out, is what I'm listening to coming from the world, an empty philosophy or human tradition, or is it consistent with Christ? And that's why that time with Christ, looking at his word, talking to him is so important. Our passage today ends with one of my personal favorite a uh, couple of verses in all of the Bible, uh, verses 13 through 15 of Colossians 2, which says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. He sure did. And we need to rejoice in that, what Jesus has done for us. I hope when we leave time with Jesus, like verse 7 says, we are abounding in thanksgiving. Well, let's dig into the Old Testament today as we actually wrap up the book of Ezra. Just a few days going through the book of Ezra, but today we see a harder section in this book where we see Ezra is concerned about the sin of the people of Israel, that they have uh, taken wives that they were not supposed to take. And this is an interesting passage because we even see uh, the people putting away, basically divorcing themselves from wives that they had taken, which makes us scratch our head because every time we're seeing divorce in scripture, we're seeing no, that's not the way it is supposed to be. And I think even as you approach this passage, I would encourage you to view this as a special exemption and a specific situation even for the people of Israel. Probably not a good idea to take this passage and to try to apply it to some situation that you have been in. But what we need to understand is this is part of what had gotten the people of Israel in trouble in the first place. They had started worshiping idols. And probably part of that was they they had been told very clearly and very specifically, hey, nation of Israel, you guys need to stick together. Don't marry foreign wives that are going to pull you away to their idols away from the true and the living God. And we see time and time again, Israel being pulled away from the true and living God to worship idols so bad that they were taken into exile in Babylon. Well, now they're back And we're seeing the same problem happen again. I think that will help you understand why Ezra takes this so seriously and why such drastic action needed to be taken. And I think we see some of the unique historical circumstances that make this situation what it is. 
But it's another situation even where I'd encourage you to look at the humility of Ezra. Look at how he prays for the sin of his people. And that can even become a model for us as we seek to pray about the things that concern us, even in our own nation. But that's the context there of of the end uh, of this, where they realize there is a problem. Hey, we just rebuilt the temple. We want to get back on track, but we're already starting to make some of the same mistakes and commit some of the same sins that got us into trouble in the first place. And you see Ezra praying to God and then leading the people in repentance and, and seeking God truly. So maybe for us, we need to start today by praying for our own nation with the same humility that we see Ezra praying for his. Our last passage today is Psalm 94, verses 1 through 7. And you see an interesting uh, way that God is referred to in the first verse where it says, O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. And that's something that makes us a little uncomfortable because God tells us, hey, don't get revenge. Don't seek revenge. That's not something that you and I should do, but we see God doing it. And so we're like, whoa, 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 why is he doing something that he tells us not to do? Well, let me just point out a couple reasons why. Remember even the reason God tells us not to seek revenge is because of this. As the scripture says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. God says, hey, you don't need to seek revenge because I'm going to take care of the problem. So how does that work? Why is God getting to do something that you and I aren't supposed to do? Well, we see part of the answer in verse two, when it says, rise up, O judge of the earth, repay to the proud what they deserve. God is responsible for vengeance because for him, this isn't just personal anger like it often is for you and me. When God shows that vengeance, he is acting as the righteous judge of the earth, giving to those that have done wrong what they deserve. And that's where you and I need to admit, hey, if somebody's going to have to deal with that, God's going to do a lot better job of it than you or me. And that's why we're taught to take those concerns to the Lord in prayer instead of seeking vengeance ourselves. Which is another thing that reminds us instead of getting anxious and troubled by the things going on at the world, let's make sure that we're not neglecting time with Jesus, bringing all these anxieties and concerns to him and sitting at his feet, listening to what he has to say. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.